Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online. So glad you're with us today. All of you here looking good, man, looking good. Look, <clears throat> it's looking like a crowd that the Cowboys are playing at 3.30, right? <laughs> so glad. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, um, listen, uh, yesterday celebrated Veterans Day, and we just want to say across all of our campuses, all of you watching online, can we just say thank you to all of those who have served in our armed forces? Thank you. We're here today because of you. So grateful. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called The Power Of, and there are many things that can grab uh, our attention as, as people. There's, there's some things that can take power over us. There's some negative things. There's addictions of all kinds that can take control and, and have a power over us, it feels. And, and then there are some neutral things that are just kind of like uh, family. Family is a great thing, but family can have a power over you. If you were raised in a very strong home, they told you what you were going to do. They told you where you're going to go to college, and those things can be, be very powerful. And then there's some positive. There's some uh, good things that can have power, and then there's some godly things <clears throat> that can have some power. And, and two of those that we're going to talk about in this series, just a, a quick series, the power of two things. The power of stewardship and the power of our words. The power of stewardship, let me just give you a, a working definition so that when we, when we talk about stewardship, we understand what we're talking about, and that is this, responsible management of something entrusted to us. Now, that's simple. That's the most, that's the, and this, I think from Webster's, but this is the most simple definition. It's just a stewardship, uh, it's a management of something that has been entrusted to us. Now, there are many things that we can steward. We can steward our time. We can steward our family. We can steward our body um, as far as how we eat or, or what we uh, do to, to keep ourselves in shape or exercise or whatever. And, and then there are some things that are, that are uh, harder to, well, those are things that are not easy to steward. But one of the things that Jesus talked about the most, I think, in the realm of being hard to manage or steward, and that's our money. And there are, uh, there's, there's just like a, there are four categories of, of our stewardship in the financial realm. And those categories are pretty easy. Our living, that includes our mortgage, our rent, our utilities, what it takes to, to go from point A to point B, our, our transportation vehicles. Of course, our retirement, you got to fund that. And then our savings, some of us have some. And then honoring God as, as believers. Now, right, I'm talking primarily to those of us who follow Jesus. These, this would, these would be the buckets. These would be the categories. Now, this is a broad, I mean, you could even put savings and retirement into living. Just our living, what it takes to, to make it, what it takes to go to college, what it takes to have a, a taco or whatever. So, and then... Um, honoring God. Now, we have made a, a budget workshop for those of us that, you know, maybe it's been a long time since we've been on a budget. Hopefellowship.net slash budget. Simple. It's an Excel or numbers thing uh, that you can download, and it just helps you decide uh, what are you bringing in, what's going out, and how do we budget that, okay? Simple. If you, if you don't have one, uh, go, go download one, and some of us have done this for years, I still have a budget. 
We've done it for years. So if you haven't, make sure you take uh, advantage of that. Now, let's go back to the list. Living, retirement, savings, honoring God. Which of those should take priority? Now, if you've been in church most of your life, like I have, I know the answer to this. You know the answer to this. The easy answer, if you're a believer, if you're a follower in Jesus, which would it be? Not a trick question. <laughs> Honoring God. Honoring God. Now, too often, though, now, a lot of us know that. Now, some of you may not know that. Maybe you're here and you're like, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I didn't know that was a, a thing. Some of us knew it, and um, because of what we've been through in life, because of the storms, because of some kind of disillusionment in leadership or church, um, disillusionment in life, hurt, pain, trauma, sin. When this is, listen, when this is even mentioned, our hearts bristle. We can feel ourselves getting, oh my gosh, I brought a friend today. And you're going to talk about, those are hard things. And that's not a judgment. That's not, I don't mean that in a condescending way. That's a heart thing. Because scripture is really clear about our money and about our provision and about where it comes from. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine says it like this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. He not only says, honor the Lord with your wealth, but with the first fruits of all your crops. Now, I understand this is a, an agrarian culture uh, 3,000 years ago when Proverbs was written, but the, the, the principle is honoring the Lord. We honor the Lord with your wealth. No matter what wealth you have, no matter the income that you have, we honor the Lord. We put the Lord first. Now, this is a, not a, an Old or New Testament thing. This is a transcendent principle that we understand, well, at least, at least in my understanding of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, that there is a theme where from beginning, Genesis, when Melchizedek was, uh, received a tenth from Abram because Abram felt so, who would become Abraham, felt so blessed. He said, man, I'm giving back. I am, this is an overflow. This is a, an, an instinctive thing for people who, well, it can be an instinctive thing for those who follow the Lord, that we honor the Lord with our wealth. Matthew 6, 33. Now, the context of all of Matthew 6 is money. We'll go to it in just a minute. But he says, seek first or seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then he will give you everything you need. So in, in previously up to this, he says, now you worry about your home or you worry about where you're going to live, where you're gonna, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. In other words, the cares of life, the things of life. You worry about those things. But he says, you know, if you'll honor me first, if you'll put me first, and this, again, Matthew 6 is the context of finances. It's the context of money. He says, you put me first, and then all these other things fall into place. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today, as we all know, today's troubles is enough for today. I could read many more, but let me, let me just put it on the screen like this. And, and here's, the, here's kind of the big idea for the day. How can we adjust our finances to put our giving before our living, rather than put our living 
before our giving. In other words, what we, what we tend to do is, as humans is, is just normal. And, and those of us who love Jesus, we live first. And then the leftover, whatever it is we might have left over, and some of us don't have any, and so we don't give or, or we refuse to give or we give out of a leftover kind of mentality. And, and I'm just saying, hey, uh, scripturally speaking, how can we adjust that to say, hey, I'm going to adjust my living to my giving. And that's easier said than done. Because life happens and we need, we need, we need, we have, we have, we have. And yet, the principle of honoring God with our money is so important to our lives. To Like I tell you to pray, like I tell you to serve, like I tell you to be in community, like I tell you to read your scriptures, I'm going to tell you to give. Whether you are single parent with uh, two kids or three kids and you're barely making ends meet, whether you are a rich, wealthy person or a poor person, Whoever you are, whoever you are, as I tell you to pray and read scriptures and stay away from sin and, and uh, be in community and, and live in forgiveness, I'm going to teach you to put God first with your money regardless of who you are, regardless of your circumstances. And I know that sometimes it, it, it's like, oh, man, that's really harsh to the, to the parent who's single and, and is barely making it. No, listen, it, you're, again, that, that's a, a living first mentality. It's, an, it, it, it's not about the amount. It's, it's about our heart. Here's what Jesus said. I did this series a, a few weeks ago called Jesus-Centered Living. And in the first message, we talked about the various things that could be at the center of who we are. We talked about me being at the center. Self-centered living. Where everything else takes a, a back seat to you. We talked about career. We talked about family. One of the buckets was our finances. And some of us live with money at the center of our lives. Now, money's not evil. Money is not bad. How many thank God for money? I thank God for money. How many wish you could win the lottery? Then you would give, right? No, 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 we, 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 we steward what we're given now. And to whom much is given, much is required. And if you're faithful with the smaller things, he can reward you later for, for bigger things. That's just not money, that's about everything. But, but in that series, I went back to Matthew 6, and here's what Jesus said. Listen, so important that you get this. Here's what Jesus said about money, Matthew 6. Don't store up treasure or treasures here on earth. Now, how many know already that's easier said than done? Now, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest to you that this is not about not saving. This is not about not planning. Okay, so let's read on. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Listen to this. This is what Jesus was saying. This is the foundation. This is the heart of all what he just said. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So make sure your heart is aligned. Make sure that your heart is positioned in the right place. And when that's in, when that's in place, 
then your treasure's in the right place. But when your heart is not aligned, when our heart is not, listen, this is why when anybody, pastor, it doesn't matter if it's Preston Wood or Preston Trail or Celebrate or whoever, when anybody talks about money, most of us kind of go, some of us go, oh man, you know why? It's, it's, it's not that you're, not, uh, you're a bad person. It's just sometimes our heart is in the wrong place. And because we've been abused, because we've been manipulated, because someone has mismanaged funds in a church in 20 years ago, because you got in in the circle and you know how it all worked, then you're mad or you're disgusted or you're whatever. And I'm going to tell you, that's, those are real things and no excuse for those things, but that is a heart issue. I had that heart issue. I experienced, I served in a church that got into the prosperity message. In other words, it was so extreme. Every offering appeal was at least 10 minutes, sometimes 15. And, and, it, and it grew on me. At first it was like, yeah, so this is scriptural. You sow and then God helps you reap. Then you, and and, this, and that is, we're going to go to that scripture in just a minute. But the context, the context was so whacked out. That, that, that you're just going to get rich doing this, and that is a false gospel. That's a false teaching, in my opinion. And our church got into that, and it made, my heart got bitter. My heart began, over time, my heart, I was like, oh, man, this is stupid. You know, and I, I was wrong. And I had to adjust my heart. Now, I believe that was wrong. I believe that was out of balance, and I believe it was extreme, and it really manipulated, and it really hurt a lot of people. However, I'm responsible, listen, I'm responsible for my heart, and you are responsible for your heart. So it does not matter what happened over there, over there, over there, or over where. What happens right here is what matters. And when your treasure's in the wrong place, this kind of talk makes you a little angry. And I'm just here to tell you I love you. I'm not mad at you. I was there too. And one that I didn't give, it was just, I, just, I was just a little irritated at this. Let's go on to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Listen to this. This is hard teaching. For you will either, you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And again, you know, if, if you're single, barely making it. If you're a widow, you're barely making it. If you're, you're a family of four and you're working like crazy because it's expensive, because your kids are expensive. I had four kids. I know. I don't care who you are. The abused church attender who was disillusioned by somebody who mismanaged funds or lived in a way that was just excessive, and you're sitting there going, what in the world? Listen, all of those are real. All of those are, are they'll have to answer for God for those things, but let me just tell you, you and I, we're going to answer to the Lord for our hearts and how we are positioned. Let me put it on the screen like this. Giving is not about the amount it's about obedience, generosity, and having an aligned heart or our, our heart position in the right place. In other words, our treasure is not here on earth. Our treasure is not my stuff. My treasure is not anything that is of this world, but my treasure is in heaven. And so when that is aligned, that when, it's like the widow who was, Jesus was, actually, that's a weird thing. Jesus was watching people give. 
And he watched the widow give a, a small amount of money, but because it was in obedience and sacrifice, he says, this lady has given more than anyone in this place. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. So, how do we honor God? How do, I, I believe, you don't have to believe like I believe. Listen, let me, everybody look at me. You don't have to agree with me today. You can be mad at me. You can say I'm not, a, but you do have to wrestle with what I'm getting ready to tell you. You're, you're, you're going to have to wrestle with how it is that you and your family is going to, are going to honor God with your resources. And this is one of those, I, I, I promise you, my, my guy that says amen is not here. So, um, man, I, I looked over today during worship and he's not here. I was like, crud. Because, I mean, I got a guy right, can you somebody help me right here? Hey, Steve, help me, man. Because uh, he's like, hey, how many know who I'm talking about? He's real tall. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm like, yeah. So today it's going to be really quiet because you guys are like, I don't like this. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Well, let me tell you. Let me, let me just tell you, this is how I view, this is what I think about honoring God with our wealth, okay? I believe the Bible teaches, Old Testament to New Testament, three categories of our honoring God with our wealth. And those categories are tithes, let me explain, don't stop, with, don't, don't stop there in your heart with me, two offerings, and number three, alms, okay? Those three are the categories. Now let me give you each of them the principle. Number one, the tithe, and the principle is Provision for the local church. Now, I'm going to read an Old Testament scripture, okay? But I'm going, to, I'm going to back it up in the New Testament, okay? Malachi chapter 3. Here's the principle. Here's the, the, the kind of the underlying understanding of the tithe. In other words, tithe is a 10%. So if you make 100 grand a year, 10,000 belong to the Lord. If you make 300 grand a year, 30,000 belongs to the Lord. That first time. When I was growing up, I was raised with this. Can I just tell you, I didn't have a choice. I should call it CPS because my mom and dad, when I mowed a lawn at 10 bucks, $1 went to the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, when you, and then you don't have a $10 bill. Now you've got nine little ones. You know, it just seemed unfair to me. But that's the way I was raised. Now, here's the principle behind it, Malachi 3. Bring all the tithes, in other words, the 10%, bring the first fruits, bring the best into the storehouse so there will be enough for me food in my temple. So this was the way in which the tribe of Levite, the, the Levites, they, they were the temple assistants. They were the, 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 the tribe of Benjamin, or the tribe of, of Jacob that, that ran the temple. So there would be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great you will not have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. Okay, now, before you think that I'm telling you that you have to tithe, I do not believe that. I believe this is an Old Testament law which it is, and I'm not going to bring that back, just like I can't bring back uh, another Old Testament law, like you can't eat bacon. We would all be in trouble, most of us. So I'm not, I'm not going to bring back this law, but the principle here is that the tithe was for the, the storehouse. The tithe was for the local assembly or the temple or the church. Now, before you, you jump to conclusions, again, I'm not saying you have to do that. I think it's a great starting place. This is my personal opinion. I'm not going to stop there because I think sometimes it's just like, okay, I did my thing. It's a check the box thing, and I think it's a hard thing. And I want to be, I want to do more than that. I want to climb my way each year to more. 
Now, you don't have to do that, but what I'm saying is the principle here is provision for the storehouse. Now, New Testament, I'm not even going to go to the scriptures because of time, but we know that in the New Testament, it's filled of examples of giving to the local church. Jesus had people who gave to him in his travel ministry. He was a rabbi. Judas was his treasurer. And he stole from Jesus. He stole from that disillusionment right there. I mean, it happens. It happens in churches. It happens in banks. It happens everywhere, right? People are greedy. People think they can do things. It is what it is. And the same thing happened with Jesus. But Jesus collected money for his ministry as he traveled around teaching and preaching the kingdom. The New Testament church, as they started, they would bring the money to the disciples and they would distribute it to those in need. Paul instructed over and over and over how they were to bless those who were the pastors or teachers among them. That was a good place for an amen. So, and if you're a good teacher, you even get double. That's thank you, thank you. We're getting there. The, the point I'm making, and, and let me just put it on the screen, and don't let this make you mad, just let it make you think. If everyone gave to the local church like I do, how well would the local church be able to achieve its mission? It's a good question, isn't it? Because many of us have the mentality that, hey, I'm gonna give my money to where it's really needed. I'm gonna give my money over here, I'm gonna give my money over there, and I'm just telling you, this. and again, this is what I believe. Whether you believe it or not, you can wrestle with God on it, but I really believe this is a category, this is a principle that the local church, that we, and, and our mission, which includes pastors, it includes salaries, it includes electricity, it includes buildings. The early church met in synagogues until they were so persecuted that they had to build buildings. They, they weren't welcome in the Jewish synagogue, so eventually they built buildings. And, and I'm not saying it was all right and all fair or whatever, but what I'm saying is, if everyone gave like you give right now, would we be able to go to Bangladesh, to go to the 1040 window where the gospel has never been preached? Would we be able to go to New York City? Would we be able to do anything that we're doing here for the next generation if everyone gave like you give? Isn't that a good question? Man, I thought of that myself. I thought it was pretty good. All right. Now, the second category, second category is offerings. Now, this is a distinctive, distinctive in uh, um, Paul in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9. He's taking up an offering in Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece and Macedonia, that area, for a church in Jerusalem because they're being so persecuted. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. It wasn't for the believers in Corinth. It wasn't for the local church. It was for another kingdom ministry. And let me go back, sorry. Hey, let me go back to the principle of, of offering. And the principle is provision for special kingdom needs. Hey, for instance, Prosper Campus. We've been raising money for two years. That's a special kingdom need. I, I would put that in the category. Or last, uh, last month, we gave to Project Rescue. And this church, in one offering, gave over $300,000. So grateful. That's a special kingdom need. That is not, yeah, yeah. That is not for us here. Not one dime, not one dime went to here. Not one dime went to Rod out of that offering. Every, the, the guy who spoke that day, everything went to Project Rescue. So 
the, the scripture, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, says it like this, verse 1. I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering or a year ago. And in fact, it, it was your idea. It was because of your enthusiasm that stirred up many for the Macedonian believers to also be included in this offering, in this giving. Back, uh, go down to verse 6. Remember this, a farmer, speaking of offerings, now this is a principle out of, we can take this principle out because I really do believe this is a biblical principle of sowing and reaping. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. So if you're stingy, if, I mean, seriously, if you're like, my heart is like, closed, no, I'm not doing this. I know what happened over there and what, can I just, again, for, if, you, if you think I'm trying to manipulate you to get money, I promise you that's not my heart. My heart is to help you serve God and honor God better. That's my heart for you. And, and if that makes you mad, then I've done my job then because your heart is, is wrong. <laughs> your heart, come to the lobby and I'll give you a hug. Okay, because, because that's a heart thing. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And listen to this. You must each, each decide in your heart how much to give. In other words, we don't give in, in reluctantly. We don't give in response to pressure or manipulation. We give with a cheerful heart. Now this, in, in, in my opinion, I'll just put it on the screen, mission projects, building projects, specialized ministry and evangelism, whatever. These are things that would be included, in my opinion, as offerings. So you got the tithe, provision for the local church. You got offerings, provision for special kingdom needs. And then you have number three, which is not taught on a lot, and that is alms. That's an old word for, and here's the principle, it's provision for the poor. Matthew chapter six. Again, we're in that Matthew six. From verse one, to the very end, I think it's verse 34, it's all about money. Jesus talking. And here's what he says. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. This is, and we're ending a great time, Christmas time, the holiday season is a great time to practice or begin. Maybe you haven't, maybe you don't even budget for this. I budget for this. So, so that we have the, now I, I budget for offerings, and sometimes I give out of my budget because I'm like, I'm called, the project served. I was, I was like, man, I have a number in my head, and then I, I thought, no, I'm going to do this, and it was more. So I, sometimes I go out of my budget, but, but I have a budget for this. So that I can adjust my living to my giving so that I can, I'm not trying to put myself up on a pedestal because there's many things about the, the, the principles of the word of God that I don't do well and that I'm not well. This is not one of them. This is one of those that I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing. 
And my point here is that we're entering a great season for you and I to be practicing the giving of alms, that giving to the poor. And this is one of those, we don't parade people on the stage telling the whole world what we did for them. We, we don't, when you give to the poor, when you give to somebody in need, you don't parade and tell everybody, hey, you know, the other day I was over there and I gave a bunch of money. Then you've lost your reward. This is the one thing, this is the one area of giving that Jesus said that needs to be private. And it's not private because, uh, because God doesn't want you to have any kind of satisfaction. It's private because, it's private because I think for the protection of those you're helping, it doesn't embarrass them. It doesn't, you know, make them a spectacle like, hey, we're a needy family and we, not that that, anything's wrong with that, but it's to protect them and it's to protect your heart from pride and my heart from pride. And I want to encourage you to go back to Matthew 6, 19. And here's what he says. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Let me ask you a question. How's that in your life? In other words, where is your heart positioned? Is the first thing out of your budget me? Or is the first thing out of your budget God? Have you grown so far over here because of abuse or because of disillusionment or because, oh, I don't believe in the tithe anymore, so I'm just not, I'm just going to give when I feel like it. I'm going to tell you, I think that's bad theology and I really do think that's bad living. It's not that God's going to curse you. It's I think you are robbing yourself. When you take your bad experiences and you place them on the Lord, everybody knows that's bad theology. Everybody knows that's bad relationship. It's like you're in a marriage and you take your first marriage, all the bad things in your first marriage, and you bring that into the second marriage. Now, I know we're human and we do that, but, but how many know that's not healthy? How many know that's, well, that's not the, well, the same thing with God? <clears throat> and many of us struggle with this. And I'm just going to go back to you and say, it's a heart thing. You don't have to give. You can still go to heaven. Everybody look at me. I shouldn't say this as a pastor. I should guilt you until you give. You know what I'm saying? I should put those, I should put heated seats under you so that you feel a little bit of hell. You know, no, it's not true. That's not a place to amen. Can I just tell you, everybody look at me. You do not have to give and go to, to go to heaven. You do not have to give to go to heaven. And anybody who tells you that is trying to manipulate you and guilt you into giving. Obedience is not a requirement for the gospel. Repentance and faith is the, are the only things required for the gospel. The gospel produces obedience. The gospel produces good but guys, if this makes you mad or if this is like, I'm going to leave the church, don't, please don't leave over this. You, 
Figure out another way. Wait six months and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mad over something else. But don't leave over this. Because I guess, guess what? Somebody down the street is gonna tell you even stronger. <laughs> and you're gonna go to that church and you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna leave that church. And then you go to another church and they're gonna ask you for an offering and they're gonna ask you for whatever. And you're gonna go, this is all about money. No, it's all about your heart. There's a common denominator. And guess who that is? Right? For all of us. So let me put it on the screen again. How can we adjust our finances to put our giving before our living? In other words, our honoring. I should maybe even say it like that. Our honoring before our living rather than put our living before our giving. Now, again, you don't believe like I believe? Okay. But you do have to wrestle with this. How are we honoring God with our wealth? Lord, um, your word, in, in, my, in my opinion, your word is so clear and it's, and it's so good and it just helps us, it keeps us from, from treasures being in the wrong place. And, and it's a gift. Giving is a gift that you've given us. So, so Lord, in, in all of our hearts, some of us are reluctant, some of us are mad, some of us are irritated, some of us are abused, some of us are poor, some of us are struggling, some of us are uh, needed a, a, another message so that we could be comforted in our hearts for some reason. But, uh, but at the end of the day, this is not about an amount, it's not about manipulation, it's about our hearts and it's about honoring you with our lives in every way and it's especially in stewardship. The power of stewardship can, can give us peace. It can give us an overflow, as Paul said, when we sow generously. So Lord, I pray that our hearts would adjust we would do the hard work of working through the pain or the abuse or the disillusionment, that we would work through the anger and the bitterness, and that, Lord, we would get our hearts positioned in the right place. And if that's not here at Hope, that's fine. Wherever, God, you've called us, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in our hearts, in our lives, right here, right now, as it is in heaven, regarding how we honor you with our wealth. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.